0: My five-year plan is very simple. I'm trying to buy two rentals a year for five years. I want to total 10 rentals. The numbers are very round. I want to cash flow about 500 a month net on each one, uh, totaling about 5000 a month net cash flow. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com.
1: Welcome back to the, 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 the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam A. Adams, and guess who we have with us today? It's Jackie Swaggerty. She lives in Houston, Texas. She, her company is Better Options House Buyers. She's been a real estate agent for the last 10 years, but two years ago, she decided to start doing rentals, which is actually really neat how she did it. She's built a rental portfolio in the last two years pretty dang quickly. She's got five houses already, and she does this all while managing her business and her two kids. So this is kind of the, the um, beginning of the strategy. So she has been able to quickly close on good deals by using private money lending, and then she'll later cash out refi. Very similar to the BRRRR strategy, however... She was already implementing this. She was on her fifth property before she really heard that term "burr." So, with that said, welcome to the show, Jackie. How are you today? And how did you get into real estate?
0: Hi, um, I'm great. You could have the long version or the short, short version. I'll try to give you both. Um, pretty basic. Read "Rich Dad Poor Dad" right about the time it came out, and sort of pivoted my entire life. Um, but. The longer version is uh, my mom had bought a house that happened to have a dilapidated unit in the back and she uh, didn't have much else to do so she'd fixed it up and she uh, rented it out fully furnished to a traveling nurse. Um, This was while I was in high school right after I finished reading Rich Dad Poor Dad. So I got to watch my mom build this little uh, empire up to 40 fully furnished houses um, for traveling nurses and border patrol in a very short time. And, uh, from there I got my degree in business and I was full focus on real estate investing. I'd always want to be a real estate investor, but my twenties was nothing but reading, educating and analysis paralysis. I even bought stacks of yellow letters and invitation style envelopes to mail out my own yellow letters, but I just never did anything. I was too scared to pull the trigger. And then, um, Uh, A couple years ago, I reunited with my high school sweetheart and uh, we got married. We had a a kid. Now we have two kids and um, he supported me in my dreams to be a real estate investor. So I hit the ground running and uh, I'm halfway to my five-year plan now.
1: I love it. I've got so many questions queued up for you, Jackie. This is a great start. <laughs> so I have a few questions lined up. Like I said, the first one that I wanted to ask you is just what's your end goal with, with having these rentals, being involved in real estate, where do you want to be in 10 years, 20 years?
0: Ooh, 10, 20 years is a little bit further down the road. I tend to plan out about five years at a time and then 10 years is kind of a dreamer goal that I adjust on the way. Um, My goal right now is a five-year plan, and I'm two and a half uh, years through it. And so I'm guessing my 10-year plan is going to be exactly the same, but with more zeros on the end. Same with the 20-year, same with the 30-year. My ultimate goal for twenty, 20-30-year plan is really simple. I want to have the freedom and the time and the money to help the people that I love um, and to visit and travel and see my family I want to have lots of kids, lots of pets. Um, I'd love to have foster um, and I'd like to have a nice house with some acreage and a garden and pretty simple. But all the things I want take a, take a, uh, to have that kind of time is going to take a lot of money.
1: And the other question that I wanted to find out from you is how are you going to get there? How are you going to do that 20 or 30 year picture that you have in mind?
0: Same way you eat an elephant, one bite at a time. Uh, it's a. Uh, I, I always tell people that ask me what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And um, when you're your own boss and you're a real estate investor, you don't have anybody telling yourself what to do. So what I do is I work backwards. I tell myself what to do. I have an end goal, and then I break down my action plans, yearly, quarterly, monthly, weekly, daily, and then by the hour, sometimes if I'm really organized, you know, by the minute, (laughs) but I know exactly what I need to be doing to get there. And so anytime I lose focus because somebody blew out a diaper or it started crying, um, I have a written down plan to get me right back on on focus.
1: Can you share a little bit more of that with you, with me uh, and the audience? What is this written down plan that helps you get back on focus after a blown out diaper? (laughs)
0: So uh, my five-year plan is very simple. I'm trying to buy two rentals a year for five years I want to total 10 rentals. The numbers are very round I want to cash flow about 500 a month net on each one and totaling about 5,000 a month net cash flow in 10 years Um, That frees my husband and retires him because that's just enough to meet our basic fixed expenses so i'm i'm just doing this one house at a time and I try to not overwhelm myself thinking too far ahead. I know I'll get there. I just can't do it all at once, especially while I'm raising these babies.
1: Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. So let's talk about kind of go back when you first bought that first rental two years ago. Uh, it was about two years, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so tell us, how did you find that deal? How did you find it?
0: Well, uh, I found it on Zillow and uh, I <laughs> I was nine months pregnant with Juliet. My husband's job was transferring him here to Houston. We wanted to raise a family here in Houston because it was it was closer to our family so um, we bought that house. I never even saw it never never walked in the door. Um, just bought it kind of sight unseen and then moved here and then four days before the uh we paid full price for it a hundred percent this is before i really learned about the strategies and if we have time i'll i'll get into that but um we paid full market value for it it was a it was a bidding war there were five bidders i had to write a cover letter and everything and they felt sorry for me because i was nine months pregnant four days before moving into the house i get a call from the realtor saying i don't know how to tell you this but the whole place is flooded with water and we're not in a flood zone. There was there was no rain, so uh, we we do a three day road trip with my you know three month old baby at the time, and um, sure enough, there had been a busted pipe or something. And courtesy of USAA, we got about a forty thousand dollar renovation. That was our first experience buying a house together and renovating a property, and so we moved in there. And then uh, the second property, I hit the ground running right as we moved, and I started door knocking my neighborhood. And I went door to door telling all my neighbors, hey, uh, I just moved into the neighborhood and I'm looking for distressed properties to buy. Do you know anybody that might be interested in selling? And uh, Will, three doors down, his property was distressed. And uh, his, his wife had been blind her whole life and uh, had passed away. And he would, he was just living here as an elderly man and it needed a lot of work. There was, he stepped a hole through the ceiling. He didn't finish some tiling job. Um, So this house that we live in now, we took out an owner-occupant loan on it because it was only three doors down. We did a 5% down conventional and, you know, 3.5% interest. That's pretty hard to beat. So uh, we moved in here and my husband fixed it up while we lived in it. Don't recommend that ever, especially with kids. So another awesome lesson learned. Um, So we bought this house at about 80%. Um, Not a home run, but at the time we felt like it was considering our last house was full market value. And then um, I decided to kick it into high gear a little bit more. So um, I did my first mail out and I just used, I I called a list from ListSource, 50 to 100% equity uh, in my target neighborhood with, of course, a whole bunch of parameters. And I sent out a mail out and uh, that house, the next house was was a really good deal.
1: Okay. Well, let me ask a quick question. How did you find ListSource? How did you find them?
0: So before Bigger Pockets came along, I was really involved in REI Club. It's kind of the OG internet forum, um, and uh, I, I learned so much through there that before going into real estate investing full time, I kind of already knew what sites and what sources to use just through through the forums and interacting with people much more successful already doing it.
1: Okay, gotcha, gotcha, and then. This second one that you said you bought, and I think you live there now. Will's old house, you live there now? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So, this property that you bought, you said you bought it around 80%. And let me just double check. Does that mean you bought it at 80% after you did all the renovation, or was the original price 80% then you did the renovation?
0: Yeah, it's about 80% all in after okay. everything. All
1: right. How did you fund number two? How did you fund it?
0: This one was also an owner occupant loan um, just because it was only three doors down. And let's face it, owner occupant loans are about the cheapest you can get. But I'm also not big on fraud, so um, we did move into it. You know, we, we bought it and we, we moved into it. Um, but you can't do very many of those uh, ethically and legally without some red flags flying. So I did have to write some letters saying, um, you know, we're moving into this one because our family is growing and it's larger, and the first house we moved into just didn't fit our family. But USAA doesn't do investment properties. So um, I knew after this one, I had to figure out new new tricks for the next ones.
1: All right, perfect. That brings us to a really good place. So you said earlier that you'd like to go over some of the strategies that you've implemented to get to where you are. And I think this is a perfect transition for that. So if you can just kind of walk us through so that we could perhaps do the exact same thing that you've done.
0: With the next one, I knew I couldn't do an owner-occupant loan, and my husband and I, um, you know, kind of being amateurs, we thought, okay, if we're going to buy two properties a year, we're going to need to save 15 to 20% down to buy two properties a year. We did all of the math, and we figured out, like, gosh, we're going to have to make another 40000 a year. Um, and so then we did a mail-out, and I contracted uh, my next property. For about a hundred and twenty-six thousand, um, and it's worth about two hundred and fifteen, all fixed up. And so we did a fifteen percent down uh, rehab loan from a from a lender that was a personal referral from a, a guy that did a lot of investing. Um, so it's fifteen percent down on a on a rehab and one hundred percent financing on the rehab loan. And uh, everything's going fine. We're jumping through hoops. Uh, we've got to pay for the appraiser and a HUD inspector and things I'd never even heard of in all my years of real estate. And then Hurricane Harvey hit. And um, it threw a huge wrench in the lending. The appraiser had been ordered for about a month. Uh, the contract with our sellers, uh, they, had, they wanted plenty of time, which is part of the agreement, so that they can move. But we started running out of time. And um, I was early in my pregnancy with JJ. It was 8.30 at night, and the appraiser still had not even come to show up, and we were supposed to close that next week. So I show up uh, to the seller's house uh, with an extension in hand, asking for just two more weeks to get the appraiser in there and get it closed. Um, And they said no. And I was shocked because we'd become friends and I was pregnant and (laughs) and I was tired and it totally threw me for a loop. I found out that they had been under contract previously that year with another investor that wasn't able to close. So I didn't know that. Um, Had I known that going into it, I would have probably structured things differently, which is why it's so important to ask lots of questions in the beginning. Um, But I got that extension signed, uh, and it gave me five days to close on this property. And I had no idea how I was going to get the money for it. But it was a huge deal. So I was going to figure it out one way or another.
1: So what did you do to find that out?
0: Um... I knew a lot of, I'm pretty entrenched in the real estate investing community here in Houston, so right away my mind just goes to problem solving and I made a list of everybody that I knew that may be interested in lending on it. We were so close to getting the financing, I just needed to cash the sellers out so that I could I could get it financed. Um, so I had a plan and I'm driving back home and I called my mom and because um, she's my my biggest go-to uh, real estate advisor and mentor I said mom I, I don't know what I'm gonna do I, I can't let this property go these sellers need their money and i've I've, I've got to get it so tomorrow I'm gonna call everybody on this list and I'm gonna get it closed and my mom said well you've been telling me about this property for, for months now I know it's a great deal I I don't have much, but I have just enough, and I can I can lend it to you. But the deal is, you have to come visit me for Thanksgiving. So my first private money loan, I actually didn't pay any points or interest on. But you know, we did have to fork over a few thousand to get the whole family over to uh, to New Mexico for Thanksgiving.
1: Well, wow, that's that's pretty awesome. I love that, and that's a win win anyway. So the one thing that I just want to touch base on here, um, or touch on, is that you said your mind just went. Just mine just goes to problem solving. So you said, Mom, I don't know how, but I'm going to do it. So and that's just something that we talk about all the time on the podcast is every time we get into creative real estate, the answer is how can I? The answer is always how can I? Because there's so many times that that somebody isn't on this podcast, and that's because they always say, I can't. They always say, Well, that sucks. He wanted his money today, and I don't have it. The way that you get on this podcast is by saying to yourself, "How can I? How do you, how do I solve this problem? How do I find the win win? How do I find the solution?" And it's really cool that you called your mom and just said, "Hey, I'm gonna. This is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna call a whole bunch of people until it it works out." And that she, you know, answered the question. But I know that with your mindset at the time, I know that you would have called. 10 people. And if, and if ten didn't, you didn't have an answer yet, you'd call 11. And then you'd call 20. And if 20 wasn't right, you would have called 21. And that's really what we're trying to share with uh, the listener of this podcast is that the way to get to the next place is never going to be just throwing your hands in the air and saying, I've lost this battle. It comes to those stories that we have of some of these inventors, right? The, the light bulb, there was a thousand and one problems. And so they tried it a thousand and second time. And now we have a light bulb and that's, that's the, the relentless uh, and determination that comes to somebody when they say, I'm going to have these two houses a year. I'm going to close this loan. That's exactly what we're talking about. So I appreciate you going over that is there so let's do this let's go in i hope you have a another creative one kind of queued up that we can use in the final five do you Mm -hmm. oh perfect all right let's do that let's move into the final five uh but first a word from our sponsor and we'll be right back We'd like to thank our sponsor, Ecospace Real Estate. Ecospace is a Denver, Colorado-based real estate company with a national reach. They provide a unique offering called Flip Your Home, where they utilize their own internal fix and flip crews to flip their clients' homes prior to their listings. Their brokerage clients gain, on average, 23000 of instant equity, which is then taken 100% tax-free. If you'd like to learn more about gaining additional tax-free equity in your home prior to listing, then please visit ecospace.com. So the first question is, what's the most creative deal you've done?
0: Uh, the most creative deal I've done is, um, it's different from my plan. Sometimes you work your plan, but deals fall in your lap and you just have to make it work because it's a great deal. The most creative one I've done was a lady, I I had an estate sale company on the side. I love doing estate sales and it ties in great with real estate. And I'd done an estate sale for her, uh, about a year ago. We became friends and uh, she called me in December last year and said uh, Jackie I've got a I've got a condo that's behind in taxes it's in the heights um, and which is right by downtown if you, if you don't know where you know, areas are in Houston and um, I don't know what I'm gonna do with it I have to sell it and I have my real estate license so I said don't worry I'm gonna sell it for you uh, no Commission let's just um, let's just get on the phone and we'll get it figured out so um, I started looking at the property, and uh, I saw that it did not match my portfolio requirements whatsoever, uh, but she, I asked her what she needed for it, and uh, she said, if I could just get $60,000, i would be so happy. It'd be a great deal for some investor. It's got to be worth at least 120000 and I said, I'll buy it, <laughs> and same thing. I was still pretty, pretty new in the game, new in private money, uh, new in all of that, but um, it had gotten wrecked in Hurricane Harvey. Uh, The the HOA uh, was paying for the rehab because flood insurance was covered. So this uh, 680 square foot unit took six months to rehab uh, because the the contractor was rehabbing 80 or 100 of the 300 units. So it was all everything one at a time. So um, we got a great deal on the property and we got a fully rehabbed property that we didn't have to mess with contractors or do anything for, but we did have to float six months of holding costs. Um, but we uh that one I decided to try my mom's tactic and um I uh fully furnished it. Uh most of the utilities are paid through the HOA fees anyways, everything including cable, um everything except for electric. So I was like, Well shoot, I'm already paying all of the utilities and it's so tiny. I mean I have an estate sale company, I always have at least an extra household of furniture and a storage unit. So I furnished it and I Rented that quicker than anything I've ever rented in my life to a traveling nurse. I'm getting $1,600 a month for a tiny little one bedroom. And um, the traveling nurse niche and market is huge. They do three months at a time. So then I aggressively started farming uh, that condo area and I have now contracted the next door unit. So I'm about to have two condos side by side, both for traveling nurses, right there in the heights, right next to downtown and i'm I'm really excited about it because both of them were great deals for me
1: that's great, okay, so let's talk about the first one that you got there. Um, she said it would be sixty thousand. Is that what you paid?
0: um I actually ended up paying sixty two five because I had some carryover stuff from her estate sale. I had a giant leather sectional that I couldn't sell, and I had a nineteen fifty three Bowman Mickey Mantle baseball card so um Instead of uh, trying, and, and a few other things, I now have a very extensive Playboy collection too. Um, mm-hmm. So there was a few things that just didn't sell in the estate sale um, that I told her I'd help her sell after the effect. And so 60000 for the condo and then 2500 for the baseball card and the couch and a few other things. <laughs> but we kind of cleared it all in one go. Yeah.
1: Definitely the first time I ever heard of some of those things coming in <laughs> involved with the sale of a house. Thank you for going yeah. So then how much if you could just remind me what what did you put in the property for work
0: so um we paid say we'll say sixty two five for it um, i we paid a two points and eleven percent for to my mom as well um, after we cashed her out from the last deal, she had that cash, and the other deal came at the exact same time, so I asked her if she wanted to keep her money in play, and she was like, heck, yeah." So, um, uh, two points and 11% uh, for six months. Uh, then once the rehab was finished, I, I did a cash out refinance and the appraisal came in at 150,000. Uh, so we, we got a good chunk of cash in our pocket. We cashed out about 75% or one twelve five, and, um, got, I forget now maybe around 35,000 in our pocket, which made my husband very happy (laughs) and, um. And so now we've we've got it rented out at about sixteen hundred, and I think our mortgage on it is a little less than eleven hundred.
1: Okay, so this is very very interesting. What is the payment that you make for the HOA?
0: The HOA is about two thirty nine a month, and that covers right. trash, sewer, water, gates, two pools, security, uh, TV. I don't know a few other things
1: this is an incredible deal. I I love every part of it. Like you guys are out of pocket, negative 50 or 60,000, negative 50 grand out of pocket. And you're probably netting well over a thousand dollars a month after all expenses. It's pretty, pretty awesome. So thank you for going into that. And talking about the other condo that you have that you're buying in right next door as well. This is a lot of really good stuff and very inspirational. And you're doing all of this while you are a realtor and you have your two kids at home and a dog and it's raining today. Thank you so much for everything that we're, uh, we're learning a lot from you and your mindset. Um, You're very driven. What is a book that you recommend to the listener?
0: Um, well, if you're okay with it, I have two and they're not real estate books. Um, I think it's really easy to Google and find all the real estate and money books that are great for you. But these two uh, really struck a chord with me. One of them is called A Perfect Mess. Um, and it's, it's The Hidden Benefits of Disorders by Eric Abrahamson and David Friedman. And um, it, it goes into how chaos can actually Create a lot of good things in our life and a lot of the inventions um, in history are uh, as a result of chaos Um, So this one as a very type a organized individual really spoke to me because right now with two Under two I've got a lot of chaos in my life Um, So it's all about embrace the chaos for me because it also sparks my imagination sometimes when two things are sitting next to each other that they're not supposed to be and you put them together and it creates something else You'll never have that without chaos. And then the other side of that coin is, you'll probably be familiar with this one, the Checklist Manifesto. Checklist Manifesto is by Atul Gawande, and it's fascinating. Um, It basically talks about how mostly everything in your life you can put on a checklist and avoid some very major problems. Um, That goes into the airline industry and how they operate on on checklists on that, but uh, just kind of a combination. Embrace the chaos. But use checklists so you don't forget anything.
1: Wonderful. Where were you five years ago?
0: Five years ago, I was a realtor at REMAX in Las Cruces, New Mexico. And um, I had nothing. I had a 98 Honda Accord. And that's it.
1: Okay. And how about where will you be five years from today? I know we talked a little bit about your 20 and 30 year goals. Where, Where will you be in five years?
0: Five years from today, um, I'll have finished out my five-year plan to, to free Jesse from his job, and I will be halfway through my next five-year plan, which I'm assuming is going to be uh, finding and uh, rehabbing larger properties, probably apartments, but I, I'm really interested in commercial as well. I love the numbers part of, of commercial real estate.
1: Interesting. I love it. Um, so when do you think you'll start the commercial? you'll start it in five years or you think it'll happen before that
0: oh it's gonna happen before that I'm all but pulling myself back and reining myself in at the moment I've got my sights set on a few properties I'd like to pursue but um, I've, I've, I've got to maintain my focus and the children have to have to come first so if I just buy a couple houses a year with 25% equity that cash flow 500 a month for a few years that'll be just fine and once they're in school it's on
1: I love it. Okay. How do you give back?
0: Um, various ways. I, I love animals and I love fostering and, and rescuing animals. Um, so anything that kind of pops on my doorstep, I found a kitty in a rehab home last year that I, I group funded about $1,000 for surgery and rehomed her through Nextdoor. The, it's like an app for neighborhoods. If you're not using Nextdoor for marketing on, on real estate investing, you're missing out. How do, you, how do you do that? You know, let's I mean,
1: we're in the middle of your other question, but I need to know how you do that as well. So
0: uh, so great. I feel like nobody uses it. So Nextdoor is like a Facebook for neighborhoods. Um, so you go on Nextdoor and I just post, hey, does anybody know of any houses in their neighborhood that look run down or need to be fixed up? Um, and I get private messages. Anytime I need a deal, I just post something like that on Nextdoor and I'll get at least three to five leads in from my neighbor's.
1: Wow. All right. So I've never even thought to do that. And so you get three to five every time you post. Have you yet purchased one of those properties? No. Okay. No, okay. I have
0: pursued them and I've made some offers. I mean, okay. there's definitely more properties that I've lost than I've gained, but that's okay. I, I don't think about the offers that I've made that didn't stick because okay. those numbers are much higher than the ones that did stick. <laughs>
1: Got it. Got it. All right, so you were in the middle of telling me, and I'm sorry I interrupted you, about how you like to give back is usually through animals and through adoption. And you also talked a little bit about um, a kitty that you found in one of your properties. And could you just start there? Because I got a little ADD when you told me about the next door thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, um, oh, there there was a property down the street and I went and checked it out with my contractor and there was a starving kitty in it. And uh, he tried to shut the open the doors to let it run out. And I was like, no, nah, leave it shut. I'll come back and get it. So uh, I, I rescued it. And uh, I at the time I was pregnant, you're not supposed to like handle kitty litter or something when you're pregnant. So I went on next door asking if anybody could help me with this cat. And then I took it to the vet and found out it had a hernia and needed all kinds of surgery. But it was such a sweet cat. And if you know cats, many cats are not sweet and should be put down. But this was a good one. So I... Um, some very kind uh, beneficiary said she had uh, she had the $700 to spend on the surgery, and I raised another 300 on the other stuff, and she met me there, and we got this cat all fixed up and rehomed to a lady living in a retirement community that was lonely. Um, so I'm always looking to help um, because I love helping. You know, it's maybe a selfish thing. It makes me feel good. But really where my heart lies is low-income housing. Um, I think there's a major... Uh, there's a huge lack in, in low income housing Um, and coming from New Mexico. Maybe that's not the case here in Texas as much, but I have so many friends that are struggling that get their degree and have kids and are teachers and stuff, and they just can't even afford basic housing. So someday one of my dreamer things is to go ahead and take all the money that I make and start making some really nice low income housing. Maybe I don't turn a profit from it. um, but I, I, I think someday I could, I could do that. That'll be a 20, 30-year plan.
1: I love it. Thank you for going over that. And how will the listener find you or get a hold of you and pick your brain on how you've done some of this?
0: Well, if you are a lady, feel free to join my group. It's a facebook.com slash group slash women investors. Um, it's the Women Real Estate Investor Group. Um, we've got some really awesome heavy hitters on there, some ladies that do big, big deals and lots of them. Um, or just shoot me an email, uh, jackie at betterop.com, J-A-C-K-I-E, B-E-T-T-E-R-O-P.com.
1: Perfect. Thank you again for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time today. Until next time, think outside the box. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. And if you got value from this episode of the podcast, please take the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Give us a written rating and a review. We would really, really appreciate it. I'm going to let you go, but until next time, think outside the box.